back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Steven. And Kyle. And we hope everybody had a good holiday little break there. We took a couple weeks off, spent time with family, uh, spent time with COVID. So I'm still recovering from that. I apologize that my voice is all screwed up, but here we are. Uh, first thing I want to do is shout out my little cousin, uh, Tommy. He got me and Kyle some Christmas gifts, and they were yeah. definitely cases of monster, which is freaking sick. Appreciate so, that. Shout out, little dude. That's awesome. Uh, Kyle is going, Kyle's been going ham on this saga of Chris Bledsoe. So I'm excited to hear what he has to bring to the table. Before we do that, we have to get through the business. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, come and hang out with us, come to the discord, be part of the community. It's a great place to hang out, share memes, food, whatever you want to do. It's just kind of turned into its own little thing over there. If you've got a paranormal encounter you'd like to share with us so we could feature on, on a future show, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. Well, you can write your story out and email it to us at hollisguypodcast at gmail.com. You can also record your story with the voice memo app or a video or however you want to do it. Send it over to the same spot. Or we've got the holophone that you can call and leave a voicemail. You can text it. And that's going to be 1-618-556-0837. And I highly recommend this because you guys are lacking. I haven't had a lot of activity on there here of late. Fuck's sake, someone text Kyle. I'm telling you. We need more stories so we can do more holophone episodes. Also, you you know, if, if we're on a recording night and you happen to call, hey, you got yourself an interview. And then every once in a while, if you if you are a... Frequent listener, you'll know that every once in a while we open those lines up. You know, we give social media, you know, the heads up. Hey, we're opening the lines tonight for interviews. Anybody wants to call in, you're more than welcome, and we'll do an interview on the spot. So there's that. And if we don't answer, it's because we're on the phone with somebody else. That's Yeah, that's a call waiting. For sure. (laughs) Uh, If you'd like to support the show... Tons of ways you can do that. We have a shop. You can go check out the t-shirts, pick one of them up. We have a Patreon. You can go and see if there's any tiers that interest you there. We have a Venmo where you can send us some monster money. Keep the monsters flowing because it is the nectar of the gods. That is right. But the best way you can support us is word of mouth. Spread the episode, spread the show. Send us out to anybody that you know that likes weird shit help us grow and thrive for sure and uh you know steve mentioned patreon i just interviewed a fellow podcaster on there bo from the bump podcast cool interview and now don't fret with the uh content creators that i will or we will whichever one we interview for patreon that's going to be a double thing where it goes to Patreon first for a little while, and then I I am going to release those as extra content. That way, you know, everybody he, gets a little yeah, and snippet. And those content creators are helping us by helping Patreon, and I also want to support them and possibly get them more listeners and everything else. For so, sure. so eventually, you'll get content creator bonus episodes. It was a fun time. He's a great guy. Yeah, check out the bump. For sure. Dude's dude's a sweetheart. He's a great person. Uh, you can also leave us uh, ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. If you leave us a five-star rating and review, I will gladly try to hunt it down and find it and shout you out on a future episode. Today's comes from uh, our friend Kyle. It says, best podcast on the planet, five stars. My first and middle name is Stephen Kyle, so I'm probably biased. This is the best podcast on the internet, hands down. 10 out of 10, recommend. Well, Stephen Kyle, Stephen Kyle, thank you for the five-star rating. Absolutely. I love them. Keep those coming, guys. We're pushing pushing over 500 now, and I, just to let you know, like I'm trying to read them in chronological order, and the ones that I have, that I can find on the regular, I'm only at February of last year. That's awesome. So if you've left us one, we're getting through them. Yeah, don't fret. It's the best problem to have, all these five-star rating and reviews. For sure. 
Oh, oh man. one more quick update. It seems like it's been so long since we've recorded. I know. I'm just ra- running through my brain like, what am I supposed to do next? Same. I almost I'm contemplated like, um, uh, having like a catch-up episode because there's some things that you've brought to my attention over like, I'll try to covertly say this, but like um, information regarding a certain big feats from the western side of the United States. You were telling me about. Did you just get lost? I have COVID brain. So oh well, I, I'm talking about the the video, the famous video of the Bigfoot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so there's yeah, that, yeah. And, and like there's just I'm been these little things that, that yeah, there's been little things that have popped up where I'm like, man, because that what you've been finding, I'm really interested in, and I really want to eventually talk about that. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see if it's. Le- like like I don't even know if it's legit or not. I don't I, at this point I don't care if it's legit or not. Like it's a theory, so it's out there. I I'll, yeah. I'll work on putting that together. Right on. So, Bigfoot, shout out. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot it's going a on. A little nugget there for all you to feast your brain on. Yeah. Good luck with it. Um yeah, I just I don't know. My brain's all over the place. Anyway, if you have a paranormal encounter you'd like to send to us, We'll gladly feature it on a future episode. That being said, that's where we're at in this episode. All right. So our listener encounter of the day comes from comes to us from our friend Kevin. He says, I'm listening to the Occult Disasters episode. When I was in the military in 2010, I was living with a friend on base housing. The place always felt odd. Never felt comfortable going upstairs to his son's room. Even before his wife went back east with his son, he would always wake up yelling every night. One night, we decided to use a Ouija board. Nothing really happened but some knocking in the kitchen, and it was the house had other people in it than us. We decided to do it again one night. When asking questions, it said a kid was killed in the upstairs bedroom. Being stupid, we asked ask if it wanted one of us uh, to go up there. Well, as I was the one it wanted to go, I went by myself. So I take off, and I go up there thinking that it was all bullshit. As I get into the room... Uh, as I reached for the light, I had a feeling just to leave it off. I remember walking in and sitting on the bed. What happened next is what I was told that happened. We had four total people counting myself. They told me they had heard me start playing with tools and a kid start laughing. As they get to the door, I'm sitting on the floor and repeating, I just want to play. I just want to play. After saying that four times, I start throwing the toys and crying. That's when I came to and my friend Paul is holding me and I'm just bawling my eyes out. That was the last time I went in that bedroom. I moved out two days later and back to the barracks. To this day, I remember the sadness that came over me as I was crying. Since then, I'll get feelings as if I'm being watched or that I'm not alone. This happened a few times a week. If I'm at home, when I get this feeling, I'll turn all the lights in the house. I'll turn on all the lights in the house and the feeling goes away. Or I'll bury my head in my phone in hopes that I won't see anything. It's a very uneasy feeling. Since this happened, I've not messed with the Ouija board since. And I never will again. Okay, that was from our friend Kevin. First off, thanks for taking the time to write in. I see here that you've sent some other ones in, and we will feature those in an uh, upcoming episode. But I mean, that's it's kind of uh, interesting that we have a Ouija board one pop up because me and Kyle were just talking about that. Yeah, like, for sure. The stigma that comes with using a Ouija board. As we were talking, like, because I got one for Christmas. So we were sitting here looking at it, talking about it. And if, if it's used as a communication tool, I don't feel like it would be any different than anyone using a ghost box or an EMF reader, or even like when they use the, the flashlight method, like turn this flashlight on to communicate. I feel like it's not any different, uh, opening those lines of communication than a Ouija board is. And because your your intent is still communication, still you're still inviting something to come interact with you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm going. Like you're, I feel like it's got this bad rep when it's probably no different than any of these other forms of communication. And like you said, intent is such a big thing. Yeah, and it is. It's weird that it overtook you so much, and like. Like, like it, blacked like, you it out. like it picked you to go up there. It makes me wonder, like, if you had anything heavy going on at the time in your life when this went on, like it almost, whatever, whatever you opened a line with communication with, like if it almost saw, maybe you had some cracks in your armor and it was like, 
we're going to get this dude to do what we want. Well, that has almost seemed like it borderline possessed him for a little while because he didn't, he doesn't even remember some of it. Yeah. And he was acting like that child. Um, but you made some classic mistakes, man. You, you went by yourself. That's dumb. And then you didn't turn the light on, which I would have. Because I, I've told Steve, like, we go do this stuff. You're not leaving me by myself. It's not happening. No way. You're going to climb in the morgue with me, Kyle? I guess. <laughs> I, guess <laughs> I mean, if I fine. got to. It's fine. You know, if I have to, I'll just tie myself to you. Yeah, it's almost. And I wonder, like, <clears throat> if maybe it had already kind of started playing with your brain when you when you walked in up there. Because, I mean, his his initial response is turn the light on. You know what I mean? Right, then yeah. something pulls him the opposite direction, almost like, hey, no, nah, just leave yeah, it how off. Yeah, how about you don't? Just leave it off. Come and play with these toys with me. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't know, man. Ouija boards are so weird to me. Like, like I said, like, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not, I don't even know that I, like, I buy into it. But I feel like if, if, if you're going with that smoke, then all these other communication tools had need to be put in the same area as a Ouija board. Yeah. Because you hear, you hear the word Ouija board and it's like, it's, it's like a taboo curse word, but then you, you can get online and buy ghost box and spirit boxes off Amazon for like the same price as a Ouija board. Yeah. Every fucking ghost hunter imaginable has them, you know, the same dudes are like, I don't fuck with a Ouija board, but they're like, I got this ghost box that I'm going to be trying to. Yeah. Listen. That literally does the same thing. Yeah. I just, you know, I've never really thought of that context, but it, especially when you pair it to the ghost box. Does the same thing. Yeah. It, it legit communicates with you. Yeah, that, and that that's like, I'm like, why do you why do you get to pick one and not the other? Because, right. Because every every ghost hunter out there has a has a ghost box. Yeah, absolutely. And they use it to communicate with the dead. But if somebody were to hand them a Ouija board, they're like, get that or shit even, away from me. Or even taking it back, just doing EVPs. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, a, exactly. It's the same thing. Exactly. And that well, like that one has legitimately been done. Since the beginning, and everyone has legitimately used that form of communication. It's all like communication. It's just that it's got such a such a stigma and a bad reputation behind it. Like you don't hear people fucking setting their ghost boxes on fire, setting their EVP recorders on fire. Yeah, for sure. Even if they catch what they would consider something demonic on their EVP, they still don't like shun the EV the the recorder. Like listen to this crazy shit. Yeah. Or if they were on a Ouija board and it said, hey, I'm Satan, they'd be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I don't know. I went off on a tangent, but I was just thinking about it. So anyway. That's great. Kevin, thank you for your email. I appreciate you, man. And I hope you're getting a handle on those sadness feelings and stuff because that's not a good place to be. Nope. Uh, If anybody else, again, if anybody else has a paranormal encounter they'd like to get to us, you know the drill. Please do. And another thing I'm going to tease real quick. Um... I've talked about it several times, and the re, the writer has caught on to that. Well, our friend, Monsters Are Real, has responded. Oh, yeah, so I'm so excited about I, this. I'm thinking that dialogue is about to open, but I am... Ready, my friend. Oh, my Lord, I am so excited for this story. So hopefully in the near future, we'll get to tell you guys about this. I hope he comes on and oh, just has a conversation. Yes, that would be even better. But at the at the very least, I'm I'm just even excited for him to write it out and us talk about it. I'm just when that pops so up, excited for the story. When the story. title of that email said "Monsters Are Real," I'm like, all right. We're I it. didn't even know what to expect. We're I just thought it. it was somebody fucking it off, basically. And then I read what he wrote, and I was just I had to take two steps Let's back. Go. I was like, holy shit. This is shit. how we going to start 2022. Yes. It's be the year of hollow sky. Oh, man. Mark my words. It's going to be awesome. But with that being said, Kyle's going to dive into this saga of Chris Bledsoe, which I'm super stoked about. Like I said, I don't have any any clue Dude, I th- I as think, to what Chris Bledsoe is all about. So. I think this story is going to rock you. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. It... It got brought to my attention from Kyle, a, a loyal listener slash friend. And I, it was kind of messed up because I kind of ignored it for quite some time, for probably about a year, to be honest with you. And it was just, it's just all ironic. I even talked to Bo about it on the Bump podcast, how 
I ignored this story for so long. Now I'm looking into it and I'm just being consumed by it. Um, and then aspects of it link up with like what Bo was talking about on Sam Tripoli. And we got into that conversation about how, uh, maybe it was all supposed to work this way. And that's, if you listen to us enough, you, you realize that me and Steve, that's how we work. We don't, we don't, uh, we just basically let the weird guide us. Like I can't explain it any better than that. Just all falls into place. Yeah. It literally, that's how we run the show. And I, I think people think that we joke when we talk like that, but it's the utter truth. We're very unorganized and we just kind of go with the flow. You know? That's the understatement of yeah. the century. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going into this, uh, I'll preface it with, uh, I got a lot of information. I kind of used Chris's interview on the Richard Dolan show as like my my reference point. I I would listen to that because it's Chris's own words. You know, you can't really misconstrue them. Um, and then I would kind of dive in my offshoots from there. I got some information from his son's podcast called Bledsoe Said So. And he recounts his father's experiences and some of the regressions. And uh, I don't know, when you listen to Chris talk, you you're compelled because you you can tell this guy isn't a bullshitter he's a sweetheart of a guy and later on i think i will even re-verify that with some of his actions that he he did after this experience to me what he did slash didn't do fully 100 percent submits his story like it it cements it in a way that for me only leans toward the truth but with that being said i'll go ahead and start um so one night chris and his buddies they had just got done with a four-month job building a house because chris owned a construction company and that you know this is what they did for a living so to celebrate they all decided to go fishing well chris was the only one with a four by four pickup and where they wanted to go fishing the bottoms were pretty muddy so Chris kind of got nominated to go and pick everybody up and then run them to location. Once they got there, all the guys, you know, instantly set up for fishing. Everyone was having a really good time. Except Chris. He, at this point in Chris's life, he was kind of at an all-time low because he ended up having Crohn's disease really bad. And he was get, at this time, he was getting all types of tests ran on him. And actually, the doctor that he was seeing wasn't doing a very good job, which then turned into Chris getting a form of toxic blood poisoning. That sucks. Yeah. So Chris, you know, he's really sick and he has this huge construction company. His wife at this time she's kind of trying to manage everything, you know, his sickness, the construction company. And later on, she ends up selling the company because she can't handle it all herself. Not to mention, you know, I'm sure at this point, his medical bills are probably piling up along with everything else in regards with life. So with this mindset, Chris is, you know, when they're out there fishing and you can imagine just the toll it kind of starts to take on you when you have all this pressure, you know, cause I'm, I'm kind of of that mindset. Like I'm the toughest dude mentally in the world until I have a pillar break. And then the, it just all collapses on me, you yeah, know, totally. w when it rains, it pours. So after all the guys get set up and they're, they're having a good time, Chris decides, you know what? I'm going to go for a little bit of a walk just to kind of sit and relax kind of collect my thoughts and just kind of be, I just want to be away from everybody. So around four o'clock in the afternoon, Chris begins to more or less pray to whatever's out there. And he just starts asking for help. He's like, this is the darkest point in my life. I, I need help. I need guidance. I'm just, I'm falling apart here. I don't know what to do. About four 30, Chris walks back to the spot where everyone was fishing 
because it starts getting dark. And so he's like, all right, guys, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to start heading back or do you want to basically make camp, start a fire? And he's like, cause it's probably going to be cold tonight. So if we're going to stay, we need to make a fire, et cetera, et cetera. Well, all the guys are having too much fun. They're like, let's just stay. I want to fish more. So he's like, all right, well, let's get this, let's get this stuff going. About 10 after five, Chris decides to head back up to this, this spot for a little bit more me time. He ends up walking a quarter mile to where he decides he's going to hang out for a little bit. So on his walk, Chris enters this little, he describes it as like a, a roadway. And I imagine like maybe an old, uh, old actual like trail that was formed with ATVs or pickups, or maybe it was just an old walking trail, uh, deer like trail, logging road or some shit. Could be, but he describes it as a tunnel. Like all the trees are kind of formed around this little road. And if you've spent time out in the woods, you've probably stumbled across something like this, but he enters this, this tunnel and inside the tunnel is naturally darker than the outside, which for whatever reason gives him a pretty eerie feeling at this point. And Chris is, he's been out in the woods hunting and stuff all of his life. He, so this shouldn't really be happening, but it is. And then you have to remember it's five o'clock in the evening. It is probably naturally getting darker. So it's going to be even darker inside this little tunnel of his. As soon as he enters the tunnel, he notices something walking on his left left hand side. Now, as I stated, he's been a hunter all of his life and, and hunted in this general area. So he he's familiar with a lot of the sounds. You know, Chris, he stops to listen to it, thinking it, it might be a deer. But when he stops, whatever following him stops. So he starts to walk again. It starts to walk again. Now, this time he notices that it sounds like two feet walking through the leaves not four. So several times while walking this path, Chris gets down on his hands and knees to maybe try to look through the brush and spot some feet or whatever. He, he tries to identify whatever is following him. But once he gets closer to his destination, the footsteps, the footsteps altogether stop. So he kind of has this sense of relief wash over him. He's like, all right, cool brushes it off. He's like, you know what? Maybe it was just a turkey or something. You know, could be. Just kind of forgets about it. And I make a little side note here because at this point in the story, Chris's experience reminds me a lot of what Steve goes through. That's what I was just thinking. I knew you were when yeah. you when you're out there hunting for arrowheads because it's it's almost identical to the way he describes yeah, being 100%. followed. Like I completely sympathize with him in the in that moment because i've been out there multiple times walking through the field right along the tree line and you'll hear something moving first you're like maybe it's a squirrel maybe it's a deer then you realize it keeps pace with you it stops when you stop it moves when you move it's i don't know i don't have an explanation for it but it is an odd feeling so that was one of the... To feel like something else is out there with you. Yeah, that was one of the many connections that I've made. Like, as I'm listening to this, I'm like, that is totally what Steve has described to me. I'm like, so that's just kind of bizarre. So Chris starts to walk up this hill toward this field that he wants to, to kind of hang out in. As he's walking up, he notices a light. As he gets higher up the hill... The light, he, he basically describes it as the sun. He thinks it's the sun setting at this point. Because it's, it's around the same time frame. You know, it's starting to get dark. He thinks it's the sun setting. You know, he basically, in the very soon future, finds out that he's wrong. As he crests the hill, he notices a another sun setting. So now he's really confused. He's like, okay, well, this, is, this isn't normal. He estimates that each, and he, you know, he has a better view of them now because he's a little bit closer. He estimates that each one was about 40 to 50 feet around. These objects were just above the tree line. And here's where I make another side note because I 
I had an experience similar to this. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and I even, uh, I was talking to Kyle about it and I was like, yo dude, go check out the first episode because I described something eerily similar to this. Now mine was only one, but my wife woke me up because she saw lights coming in the window. We look outside the window. There's literally an orange ball going through the sky. It's relatively big, probably 500 yards away. And we know it's moving because it starts to pass behind a tree line. So I'm like, okay, here's another just weird ass connection. So going back to the story, you know, Chris sees two, these, these sun type balls sitting in the sky and as anyone would, you, you kind of start to freak out a little bit. You're like, okay, this is not normal. I, I don't know what they are. In in his mind, he does what pretty much any father would do. He's like, you know what? I need to get back to my son. Because his son, Chris Jr., was on this fishing trip with him. So for whatever reason, his instinct kicks in, I need to go to my son. So he turns to run but he he, he kind of turns to, to scope out the path first to see which way he wants to take off. Now, whenever he looks back, right before he takes off, he looks back at the crafts, and a third craft comes out of the sky right above him, which he describes this as a hole in the sky, so almost like it tore through the fabric of time, or maybe it opened a portal, or whatever, but he's like, it came out, and it came out crazy fast. And you hear him, he says, I think they knew I was getting ready to take off and run. He's like, I could just tell at that point they knew I was getting ready to ditch. The next thing Chris remembers is running up to the fire with all this excitement. He wanted to tell the guys what he had just seen. But once he gets to the fire, all the guys are freaking out because he's been missing for hours. And that sucks. Chris, Chris doesn't even believe him. He's like, it, it's almost like they're, they're pissed at him. They're like, where the fuck have you been? You've been gone for hours. And he doesn't even register it. It's like, he's like, no, I haven't. Like you guys are, you guys are on one. But he notices that Chris Jr. Isn't there. So his son's now missing. So he's like, all right, you know, where's my son? Where's my son? Well, during Chris's missing time, all the guys went looking for him, including his son. But as with the, the, the experience at the beginning of the show and every single bad movie ever, they all decided to split up to go look for him. Now we split up. Yeah, this is the worst idea ever. I, I mean, if you haven't learned at this point from watching scary movies or any of that nature, to not split up from your group. Whatever happens is on you. Always split up. It's so dumb. Anyways, so they start talking, and Chris Chris is like, okay, well, how long has my son been missing? They say upwards of two hours. So at that point, if I was in Chris's shoes, I would be so distraught and so scared because you're out and you're, you're – I don't know the actual location, but you're out in the woods and it's dark. Oh, yeah. And you're, I think he was probably roughly uh, 17 or so. Your 17-year-old son is missing in the woods. That'd be terrible. Dude. And then not to mention, uh, I forget where exactly Chris lives, but is there any natural predators in the in the wilderness? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there bear? Is there... Uh, mountain lion or whatever. So then that gets tossed right on top of it. And then you, you remember the three damn suns that you just saw in the sky and your initial fear was for your child. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. So like I said, you know, just trying to survive without any, any of the predatory stuff is bad enough. Right. Like, just thinking about your kid being out there by himself. And it was supposed to be a cold night. You know, Chris was like, it's going to be a cold one tonight, et cetera, et cetera. That'd be terrible. Oh, dude. All of a sudden, your missing time gets put on the back burner. Exactly. 
it's not even a thing now that my kid's been missing. Exactly. Which is which was another aspect as to why Chris wasn't processing and I missing would be time. Calling out all of my bros on that fishing trip who were just chilling around the fire when my kid's missing as yeah. well. But yeah. They, in their defense, they probably thought that they were together. You know, maybe maybe Chris and his son had met up. Maybe. Maybe. One another. Like I'm in in good faith putting that out yeah. there. Or well, it, uh, to share your concern here. I'd be looking at all these grown ass men and go, "Why the fuck did you let my seventeen year old go wander out in the woods by himself?" Because I'm thinking, like, I'm putting me and you in in this this scenario, and if it was if it was your boy that was missing, I would be hoofing it looking for. Oh yeah, as you would with the high boys, you know, for sure. And if if you'd been missing and Everett's like, "Well, I'm gonna go look for your dad," I'm gonna go hold up, not by yourself. (laughs) You're not. I'm going with you. Exactly. So yeah, all the fear is there. So Chris decides he just takes off running back to the car where his son was last reportedly heading. You know, he has all these terrible thoughts running through his head as any parent would. As he's running in this direction, he starts calling out for Chris Jr. Finally, he finds his son. Chris Jr., when he, when he finds him, was having an extremely hard time talking at first. And then finally, his son breaks out with, and if I if I remember correctly, he's a teenager, somewhere in that area. Even if he's fourteen to nineteen years old, he breaks out with, "Daddy, why did you leave me?" That hits different. Yeah, just kind of losing his shit, and so Chris Jr. starts to explain to his father what happened. When he finally gets past the the fear of all of it, and then probably, you know, he, he becomes more comforted by his father being there. So he starts to explain that, oh, Chris Jr. wasn't missing. He was fucking hiding. Oh. Chris Jr. was hiding. So he starts, you know, like I say, he goes into explaining what happens. Well, he says... I, I you know I'm out searching for you and I see these two red orbs floating above the ground. These orbs go and investigate the camp where everyone was fishing and hanging out. So Chris Jr. tells the guys and of course no one believes him. They all start laughing, you know, just joking with him like whatever. Chris Jr. starts to head back calling for his dad. Then these orbs come back out of the woods and start to head towards him. So he goes to hide. These orbs then come within about 15 feet of him when all of a sudden these translucent beings appear. Now, Junior says, there, this is, try to remember this, Steve, and see if you can make the connection. Junior says, their eyes were very mechanical looking. They would open and close like shutters. Junior said, these beings would get on their hands and knees and start inspecting shit like soda cans and anything in the the near area. Almost like the robot alien story. Oh, we yeah. Did. I was just going to say that. The guy that was up in the tree <laughs> yes. stand. And, and he was like, like throwing change at him and yes. shit. And they were picking it up, looking at yes. it. Yes. And even when he was watching them, they were investigating like rocks and plants. And, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? I wonder on? how close these two incidents took place i don't know i didn't look into that in time and in geographical location that would be interesting to know if we're dealing with like the same sect of aliens here or whatever whatever the hell it is right so now while all this was going on and apparently there was if i remember right there was about two that showed up well as one would investigate you know whatever it is there was the other one and I was, it, he makes it sound like they take turns, but one of them would always be standing there staring at him. Just keeping, keeping, keeping an eye on him. Basically. Him now, you know, so, I mean, with one of these beings staring directly at you, most people are just going to freeze and sit there. Because I think, and I, I hope, I don't think I wrote it in here, which I probably should have, but I, I was I was listening to the interview and trying to go and but I, if I remember correctly, Chris Jr. basically what he did is he found like I, I don't know what the area, but I I'll kind of use our location, like found a thick honeysuckle 
bush or a thick uh, Russian olive bush, and he like crawls underneath it and wedges himself as far as he can in there. Just tucks into the underbrush. Yes. Yeah. So he's kind of sitting there staring at these entities, and, and one of them will be staring back. Well, he notices um, the pickup truck coming down the road. So he's like, okay, here the, here the guys come. Well, the two aliens notice the truck coming too, and they end up jumping into an old stump hole and hiding from the truck. They lay down flat. Did he did he say anything else about their appearance outside of their eyes being mechanical? Not really. I'm cu- now I'm curious as to Chris Senior goes into a little bit more later on. They jump back into that stump hole, lay flat, and I, I th- if I remember, Chris Junior can even still see their eyes, like it, them opening and shutting and what have you. That's and so crazy to me that they they just pick a physical hiding spot out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like Chris Sr. saw them pierce the veil and drive a UFO through. Right. But when they see the pickup truck, they're like, you know what? We better hide. I'm going to jump in this stump. Well, I think, and I think now that you you describe it just like that, which is exactly why I wanted to have this conversation so bad, um, I'm not going to bring it out yet, but I think during Chris's regression, it's going to make a lot of sense as to why they did that. Perfect. Now that you describe it that way. Perfect. So I, I, I guess at this point, um, Junior, well, no, gosh, I'm getting lost. My brain's going 100 mile an hour. So they're at this point, you know, they're all, everybody's standing around the campfire and, and Junior is telling Senior and all the guys as to what he went through. When all of a sudden, one of the guys is like, look, 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 look. Everyone looks to the sky, which it looks like a cluster of stars, about eight of them. And they start moving in all types of different directions. Shortly after, three of these things land on the other side of the river. So everyone at this point is pretty much vested in the story that, you know, uh, J- Junior was telling them, and I'm sure at, you know Senior has weighed in as well. So everybody's like, "Okay, fuck this." They they drop everything, they jump in the truck, and they are getting the hell out of there. One of the guys starts yelling. You know, he's like, he's like, "Go, go, 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 go faster!" Well, one of these red orbs start chasing the truck. And they crest the hill, the same one that Chris had walked over earlier, and guess what? They see the orange balls from Chris's original encounter. Oh, they're two different things now. Well, yeah, you have the red little orb deals, which remind me of uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. I I think it was Skinwalker. I was was almost going to ask if they were two different things, if the orange... The orange globes and the little red balls were two different things, but yeah. They definitely well, the orange, the orange globes are crafts. Yeah, and these little red orbs, I guess, are the being the beings. Oh, that's weird. Like it's a way they they move, that which sucks. is weird because how many times have we heard of uh, red or blue orbs or orbs in general? Yeah, well, and namely where they have this intelligence to them. Dude, that's that's holy shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I've been on this whole uh, John Keel kick, and he is adamant that all this shit Dude. is tied together. If it's if it's not from the same source, it's at least all linked up. Okay. Well, and and every God, I got goosebumps because I know that we've heard, and I think it was Skinwalker Ranch. Where those little those orbs were fucking with the cows and stuff. You remember that? And they were driving them away and this, that, and the other. But once again, keep that mental note because if these orbs are remotely close to what Chris Jr. seen, and just with the same where I stopped you earlier and I said, with what you just said, might make some sense. These these orbs might make fucking sense. 
as to why they were fucking with the cows and everything else. Now that I'm I'm seeing the puzzle pieces I'm fall in my you, head. I'm telling you, dog. There's something to this. And I, I, I know we won't get into it in this episode, which is going to drive people nuts. But it's going to be covered in Chris's regression, which I'm sure will be in the next episode. But anyways, so they crest the hill and they see two orange balls just sitting there in the sky. Well, you know, because they're, they're distracted looking at them in the sky. I guess Chris looks back at the road and has to slam on his brakes. Why? Because there was a third one sitting right in the middle of the road. Blocking their path. One of the big orange. Yes. The crafts. Now, okay. Just just, everybody stop going in the woods. (laughs) Period. The end. It's about to get real funky. Don't go in the woods. It's about to get real funky. So not far from where they had to stop because of the craft in the road, there was a mobile home in the distance. Now, one of the guys on the fishing trip knew the the people that lived there and this is this is fucking terrifying i would if 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 i were behind the wheel i just hammer it either you're getting out of the way or we're going through you like that's (laughs) that's what's happening because i am not being abducted oh no dude i will drive this pickup truck into your alien ass i would too period i would too but what i'm about to tell you when i when he when i heard chris tell this part of the story i go oh fuck that that's I'm like there. There is no way consciously that I would stop and be like, "All right, we're." Gonna I wouldn't wait. stop either. We're gonna wait for it to get out of the way. No, we're not. Yeah. So okay. So like I said, not far from where these guys stopped, there's a mobile home. One of the guys know the the owners of the house. It's a man and woman. So there, he's like, "All right, hey, let's head over there. We'll we'll go over there, hang out, use the phone, whatever we got to do." So. Chris cuts the wheel. They drive through the guy's yard. and fair, fair play. Yeah, they drive right through the yard. They drive right up to the the mobile home. The front door is open, and the headlights are shining into the house. They get out. They can see the TV on, you know, through the open front door. They go up there. They start banging on the door like, hey, 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 are you in here? Are you in here? All the cars are home. Nobody there. Nobody there. No. Nobody answers the door. It's like a horror movie. Okay. Here we go. Oh, hell. Like I said, nope. front door's open, Load two cars in, in the truck. driveway. We out. We're going to Quick Trip. <laughs> getting to the closest. The TV's on. They beat on the door. Nobody answers. That is the worst. Now, at this point, Chris notes that the very next day, after this entire incident, the guys go back to the spot to get all their fishing gear and everything else. Well, back to on, hell with my fishing I know. equipment. Well, this is where it gets fucked up, dude. Because so they don't they don't know where the mobile home family is. No, they're just just not there. They're not there. Okay, that's terrifying in itself. No aliens involved. They go back to pick up all their stuff. And on the way out, they decided to stop back at the mobile home. Knock on the door. Dude answers the door. And he's like, hey, man, you know, where we stopped in last night. Where the fuck were you? You know, we really needed your help. And he goes, what are you talking about? We were home all night. Sick. Sick. That part messes me up. Because he's like, we were home all night. And, you know, we were just hanging out watching TV. It, like. That is terrifying. It just, it could be anything. It could be, it could be a screen memory that was put in. Like, oh, hey, we stopped at this, we stopped at this house and nobody was there. No, you didn't. I didn't think about it from that. Like the angle the, I the, thought it, about it from. When, when you saw that in front of your truck, that's, that's where your night stopped. Right. And their See, night started. That that I didn't even think about it from that angle. The angle I thought about it from was that uh, husband and wife were already taken. <laughs> or or if if they're so like because because my brain's going bam 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 like 
it could it, if they're so easily passing in between the veil of realities they could have just pushed them in pushed them into an alternate the, the next timeline over just right. pushed them over there and they're like mm, sorry about you but i'm thinking like when they saw when that when that truck was there and they or when that craft was in I front like of them that. and they stopped that truck that's that's it i that like is, that that is I where really that do. ended and that I like that. Either one the of more, them. The more I think about these screen memories and and this, the, just like we have no idea what is real anymore. No. If if this if there is a tincture of truth to these two screen memories and being implanted with different thoughts and shit, we have no idea. What is real and what is not? Which we already know is real a possibility because we as humans can do that. We can uh, put somebody <laughs> under hypnosis and inject ideas, and that's why that's why regressions and stuff get a bad rep because it is possible for the person doing it to more or less manip- manipulate you and inject these thoughts and then you have the brainwashing aspect of life and we know that essentially humans can more or less put screen memories in and and if our dumbasses can do it i mean come on oh yeah the math is not hard at that point at first when you said they weren't there i kind of went your direction like oh they were already abducted but then i'm like if he said he was home the whole night those dudes never made it to the fucking. That's that's a they good never point. Made it to the mobile home. I like either one of them because they're both equally as terrifying oh, yeah. and yeah. both equally as plausible. Because because the mobile home family could have been could have been abducted and they not remember it. You know, like hell, we yeah. were we were home all night. You know. Oh, and now I'm gonna say this real quick. This is like, um, on air conference meeting between you and me, but. Get a hold of Kyle because he found this dude on Twitter who basically has had the exact same experience as Chris Bledsoe, but in the negative context. Perfect. Like his life is hell. He may have sent it to me. He he got a hold of me on Twitter not or sometime last week. Okay. It might have been. My whole week has just been a blur off to go back and right. Sorry, Kyle. No, you're good. You're good. Sorry, other Kyle. I sent that to me already. I just it's been a long week. Yeah, but uh, getting back to it here, you know, we left off with everybody being the mobile home disaster. So, you know, but they get back into the truck and back out of um, the mobile home yard and they start hearing gunshots. All the guys are freaking out because someone at this point, is shooting at the UFO. <laughs> what? The the said person shooting at the UFO is now is unidentified. I, Did you, I so don't the UFO recall. is back. Do the guys in the truck see the UFO? Yeah, well, I'm picking back up where the guys... This isn't the next day. I okay, just, okay, I just okay, put okay. it as a note I in got there. You. I got you. We're coming, yeah. we're coming back around. We're coming back to the so story. So they're at the mobile home. Nobody is there. Exactly, they're yes. leaving the mobile home. And they start hearing Good gunshots. Oh boy, it's taking pot shots at the UFO. Somebody's shooting at the UFO. My guy, that's what's up. Independence and, Day. Yeah. And at this point, the UFO turns and starts to head right at them. Like it's charging the truck now. And at the the last minute, it rises and barely misses the truck. It gets past them, and then Chris said it blasts off like it got shot out of a cannon and it was gone. As soon as that thing got past him, you know, Chris just pedal to the metal. We're we're going, and all the guys in the I truck. I love it. I love it. All the guys in the truck are fucking freaking out. They're like they're arguing about who gets to get dropped off at home first. Like they because they. God. They're all so terrified at this point, they can think of nothing more than they just want to get home to their families. I need to know who this this other witness to the UFOs were. The one that was shooting at it? Yeah, that's a good cooperation to this story. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I didn't even, I was so enthralled with like the process, I, did, I just completely overlooked that. If anybody is listening and knows, or you are the person who also witnessed the UFO... 
We want to know. Yeah, give us a call. Yeah, if you if, if you're you the gunman shot a UFO, I want to hear about it. Like I say that, and it almost sounds condescending, but I'm being a hundred percent honest. If you shot a UFO, email us, please, please. That like every every shitty abduction story starts out with a bunch of dudes in the woods and they're fishing and they're fishing <laughs> or cutting trees, right? It's one of the two things. It's so weird. <clears throat> if, like, just stop going in the forest. Please. Because clearly that's where aliens like to hang out. Yeah. It's where people go missing. It's where the Wendigos and the Skinwalkers and the Dogmen all hang out. It's where Bigfoot hangs out. Just why, if you're a human, stop going there. <laughs> There's nothing out there you need. Oh, nothing. gosh. Every terrible abduction story starts out in the goddamn woods. Yep. I, it's, that's, dude, it's terrible. It is. But. At least they didn't try to signal it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it turns right. it, as, as usual. But that's why this story is so long. But, you know, that they, they're all arguing, you know, Chris gets them all home or <laughs> he, he does end up getting them all home. But on the way to getting all of them home, dude, they're noticing all types of lights following them. You know, and then, of course, Chris and his son are the last ones to get home. They they start watching the news to see if... Because the, these guys, I, I forgot to mention that these guys, as all this is going on, all this chaos, every single buddy in that truck is convinced the world is ending. They think oh. it is being invaded. That's even... That makes it even worse. Yeah. Especially, oh yeah, especially like you go to the home and the TV's on and the door's open and the cars are in there, but nobody's there. Yeah. Then you hear somebody shooting at the fucking UFO. Oh yeah. Like they're all convinced the world's the ending. Yeah. And so Chris and his son were watching the news and nothing was on the news. Well, at this point, all of a sudden one of their dogs or one of the dogs start raising hell. <clears throat> And Chris's dad actually had a lot of dogs. He he bred them and he had a kennel out there. <clears throat> and then Chris's dog started freaking out and pointing towards where his dad's dog kennel was. For some reason, Chris thinks someone is breaking into his dad's shop, which that right there kind of blows my mind because you just got home. You just got home. From being abducted and being chased by a UFO, and you are convinced at this point that someone is breaking into your dad's shop. Kind of. But I, I mean, I can imagine the amount of stress yeah. that he's going through. It's kind and of at like this the point, shock he probably syndrome. doesn't know that he's, he's been abducted. You, that's a valid you point. I mean? Yeah, that's a valid point. <laughs> at this point, he's probably still reeling off everything that just happened. They just got chased in the woods. You know, there's people yeah. disappearing, people shooting at UFOs with guns. And yeah. he's like, oh, shit. He's like, oh, great. Now I got this on top of it. You know, what What a night. But uh, especially after like what his son saw talking about the aliens and shit, he's probably like in that defense mode. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Trying yeah. to hold down the fort. <clears throat> right. You know, and... and Chris notices that all the dogs are looking towards the woods and not the shop where he thought someone was breaking into. So it's almost like, like you were saying defense mode kicks in. What Chris decides to do, he's like, all right. And he's still with his son at this point. He's like, all right, I'm going to send the dog into the woods to flush out whatever's in there. He's like, and what we're going to do is we're going to circle around to this clearing where I know it's going to get driven to. Oh, hell no. So he sends the dog in. No way I'm going back in the woods. Same. He sends the dog in. Chris and his son start running as fast as they can to the choke point. And because he's like, I, I need to get ahead of the dog so I can be there waiting for whatever comes out. And... You know, so Chris is running. He looks back to make sure Junior is coming. And at this point, Chris Jr. is like, yeah, fuck this. And he just runs home. He's like, I'm just going back home. Fuck all this. So, you know, 
dad, I can't say I blame him. No. Oh, no. So dad, dad Chris is he's like, all right, I'm committed. I'm, I'm going. And uh, he, you know, he, he's, he, find, he starts waiting by this tree. Because he, he ended up beating the dog, and now he's just at waiting for the ambush. Well, he sitting there hanging out, waiting for it to get flushed out. And he's like, okay, well, I, I kind of got ahead a little bit in the story. He wasn't, the dad was not aware that the son had rolled the fuck out. But once he got to the choke point, Chris turns around to check on his son. And instead of his son being there, it was a three foot tall being so close that he could have reached out and touched it. Hell no. The being was exactly what Junior had described to all the guys. Chris said it was glowing about the color of the moon. So it had this white... Like how you would almost anticipate a gray to be. Yes, very much so. Chris looks at this thing. Chris looks at this thing and... I don't. I really don't understand the mindset outside of... Like the night and and like Chris's life in general at this point, but he looks at this thing and just goes, "I surrender. I mean you no harm." This thing speaks to Chris and says, "You don't understand. I'm here to help you." As the dog breaks the tree line, the entity disappears right in front of him. And I think that's where I'm going to stop. Yeah, that's this a good episode stopping point. Yeah, it's a cliffhanger. So he doesn't. He doesn't. At this point, he doesn't know that his son has went back to the house. Okay. He just flips around, and he, the son is not there. The being. Is. Yes. Yeah. I kind of got ahead of it a little that would, bit. That would. Uh, I don't know what I would do. Honestly, like I can't sit here and, and I think I can't sit here and criticize Chris's actions because. It's so out of left field yeah. that I don't know what the hell I would do. Well, and I think I think too that you when you're expecting your son to be behind you and you see this entity, it's gonna startle you so much where and it, it's that close. Like you could reach out and touch oh, it. Yeah. So I think in his head, he's like, This thing, this thing has got me. Like I'm yeah. dead to rights here. And in my brain, if I turn around and I expect my son to be there and he's not, in my brain, they've got him. So I'm just gonna. Oh like, wow! I'm just gonna yeah. be like, you know what? I'm I'm good. Take me where he is. I didn't think is, that. You know. You know, and then if you were of a clear mindset, which I'm sure he wasn't, because there's no way that I would have been. But you also have to look at Chris's actions too. In that moment, he, in a nutshell, it could be interpreted that Chris took a malicious intent by sending that dog into the woods, whatever, in in yeah. there, whatever yeah. after it, you know. So Chris, at that moment. He knows that, okay, I'm the one that got caught. I'm the one that was getting flushed. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's, that's where my mind would lead. If, if, if it was me and Everett and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go this way. You'd be right behind me. Get to where we need to go. I turn around. He's gone and something else is in his place. In my brain, they've got him. I'm going where they go. Oh, man. I, I, in all fairness, I don't know how I would react in that situation because I didn't even think about it from that standpoint. Because if, of... you, if you were to be uh, defensive and proactive and take an action against that, if, if it has your kid and you destroy it, you don't know where the, f- where yeah. the hell your kid is. Yeah. but so I, I, I probably would have done the exact same thing. I probably would have been like, Let's go. Where, where, where you need? Where do you need me? Yeah, I think, I think personally, I probably would have took more of that defensive reactionary standpoint off the rip if I was in the mindset that it took my son. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's a tough spot to to be in. It's so much different when your kids are involved. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like. It changes everything. It's, the whole dynamic is different. Yeah. Without question. I mean, right up uh, up to this point, I, I don't even know that I would be sane by the end of the night. No, especially, especially after every, like with the lights following them and 
and and even even at this at this point in in the chronological order he doesn't even know that the mobile home family is back there yet right right because that was fast forward so so in his brain everybody still disappeared yeah, and now his son's disappeared. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, like, you're you, you could you could utterly be convinced that these it's, it's these like dudes the, are just it's like the damn rapture. Like everybody's yeah. just, and that's even more fucked up because uh, Chris is a super religious person. That that would be yeah. And I get into it a little more. I'll get into it a little, little more in the next episode. But Chris's life gets just straight jacked. Because of his religious, because he lives in this <coughs> hyper-religious area, right? And when he starts talking about this encounter, people get pissed. They are so mad. That's so weird. Like, I was listening to his son, Ryan, who has the podcast talk. Like, dude, it was so bad when they were younger with the whole, like, balls-of-the-wall religious stuff that... When Ryan was in karate, his pastor was warning him not to become possessed during karate. Like that's that's not, how I'm like not even gonna touch it. <laughs> like that's how crazy these people were I, about it. I do not doubt it one ounce. I do like I've never heard anything like that. So it blows my mind to come at it from that standpoint. Oh. To watch, get on YouTube and see some of the crazy shit, like where they're saying Pokemon cards are witchcraft and demonic and shit. Oh, like, well, like it is a, it is a mental illness. <clears throat> I, it's. <laughs> I'm probably gonna catch a lot of flack for that, but send the emails. Well, it's whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the religious religion in the whole is that. <clears throat> But I think some people may go a little bit too far with it at times. I mean, you don't want to get possessed by the uh, disembodied spirit of Bruce Lee while you're doing karate. I mean, maybe that, you do. That would kind of be the best be case scenario. Hella good at karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah. damn, you <laughs> yeah, you're you're Bruce you, Lee. You, you have taken on quick to your karate classes. <laughs> anyway. That is a good stopping point. Yeah. This is wild. I'm no, so it's glad gonna get that I don't gonna know get weirder. anything. And people are probably going to be pissed that I keep interrupting you, but like no. my brain just keeps firing off. That, that's what I was talking to Kyle about. I'm like, I'm so excited to hear where Steve's brain goes because it's going to be such a good conversation. And like, what if, what if like these orb encounters, even, even in like the ghost hunting world, because you hear people talk about these yeah. orbs that are that are seemingly intelligent, have their own light source and shit. What if it's all the same shit? Dude, it could be. What? That oh, changes everything. Like it's, it's so it's, it's frustrating because you don't know the rest of the story. Like I know the story. So did, did you you're ever, throwing these things and I'm like, Oh shit. Just wait. Just like, wait. Oh shit. Did you ever watch that Hudson Valley UFO documentary that I sent you? I don't know. Uh, it's on prime Hudson Valley abductions or something it's where all these like ufo encounters and shit are going on in the hudson valley and they're starting to tie all these other weird paranormal like occurrences in like there's a haunted house where they see all these orbs and shit and the woman who lives there and there's like poltergeist activity Mm kind of tied in and at one point at in the documentary she hears these she sees these orbs and she hears these voices in the basement these disembodied voices and she says it just sounds like two men talking and he go one of the one of the men goes it's time to go the portal's closing oh and cool shoop, sure no enough, like, but <coughs> i can actually raise you let me see what the name because is, people are gonna ask since this is like kind of changing gears um <laughs> it's kind of funny some of our listeners, I, I brought this up in Discord, so I don't know if you caught it or not. But like some, some of our listeners think their stories are just like too short and wishy washy. It's called Alien Invasion Hudson Valley. I think it's on Prime. Maybe I think I, think, I sent uh, it to you. I think Kyle sent it to me, and I because I watched it too, and I'm like, Bro, okay, definitely check it out. It's not very long. But anyways, uh, some of our listeners think their stories just aren't like that entertaining. But I, I, 
I shit you not, Steve. I literally got a text message the other day. I wish I would have brought the phone so I could show you, but I literally got a text message from a guy who's like, yo, I got some encounters. Um, you know, you know, I saw, uh, I saw, I think he said like, I saw a UFO once, uh, the, the meat of what I can talk about is like this possession experience. He's like, Oh, and by the way, my friend said he got T-boned by a UFO. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you should probably, I was like, you should probably come on the show. I was like, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Cause I really want to hear what, like I didn't specifically say the T-boning part. I was just like, I, I want to hear what you have to say. But in my head, I'm like, who in the fuck just like thinks that my friend being T-boned by a UFO is not that big of a deal. I, and I, I may have, I, yeah, hopefully I didn't read that right. Uh, and I'm just like completely botching the text message. I don't think you, there's not a lot of things you can confuse with. Uh, yeah. Uh, but either way, I'm just like, like I, I need, yes. I need to hear this. Yeah. Like, I need to hear this story. I don't care. All the smoke. I that don't. includes getting T-boned <laughs> by a UFO. Yeah. I don't care. This is a secondhand story. Like it I want to hear this that story. In, that insurance commercial. I can't remember which one, but they're like, if, if you if it's happened, we've covered we covered. Oh yeah yeah yeah, I remember those. T-boned yeah. by UFO. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> ah. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, tune in next week where we will go into part two of the Bloodsoe Saga. And until then, check us out on all our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord. Come and hang out with us. Till we talk again. Stay safe, stay weird, and stay out of the woods because we like. We just keep covering this. People go in the fucking woods and then they get abducted. And then we have more stuff to talk about. So I don't, you know what? I don't care. Go in the woods. We'll do an episode about you. See ya. <laughs>